Tonight I'd like to talk about realization and development. Realization is something that happens now and development is something that happens through time. Both of these are relevant to awakening and enlightenment and in fact you might say that realization is awakening, awakeness and development leads to enlightenment. And they're related because when you're enlightened, you have a lot of moments of awakeness. So while anyone can be awake at any level of beginner, intermediate, or advanced, enlightenment is the condition of being advanced as a meditator, as an awakened person. So we have the timeless and the, and the time-bound, timeless realization and development through time. There is a non-dual teacher named Muji. And if you look him up, uh, in a Google search, you will find the first video that comes up is one called Forget About Enlightenment. And Muji, in, his, in this wonderful Jamaican accent, says, Do not think that there's anything you have to do to remain stable in the awareness. Because I'm telling you, that is a trap. If you think it, you will believe it instantly into existence. And once you believe it, you'll have to believe something else to get rid of it. What he's saying is that there isn't any time you don't have the luxury of imagining that some, at some time in the future you're going to be enlightened. This is your chance. So this is a, a ruthless, non-dual teaching. And it's beautiful. Because it just cuts away so many layers of, of nonsense. This is direct realization. So here we are, we have seeing and hearing and tasting and touching and smelling and thinking this is, this is it. Forget about enlightenment. You can be awake now. Now, the most uncompromising of the ruthless non-dualists, of which I would say Muji is one, will never talk about development at all. I mean, this is what he does. His teacher was Punjaji. And Punjaji's message was, stop. Just stop.
And the little voice in the head goes, yeah, but what about stop? Yeah, okay, I know about stopping, but okay, stop. So this is awakeness. This is our big chance. This is my life. In this moment, I have no other. And every moment I spend making love to ideas about the future is a moment I could have been awake. And what a tragedy it would be if I came to the end of my life always postponing my awakening to a time in the future when my meditation is really going to kick in and then I'm going to be enlightened. What a tragedy. And yet here we are. It's all this awakeness. It's awakeness that allows you to hear the sounds, to feel the coolness of the air on your skin. There's nothing but awakeness going on here. So stop. What about the grief and the sorrow that, that might come up? Well, how disappointing. This isn't good enough. This moment is not good enough. Well, the answer would be, too bad. This is it. Too bad. Here we are, hearing the voices outside, feeling the coolness on the skin, looking, noticing these thoughts that as they come up. Yeah, but, yeah, but... Yeah, but what about... So here we are. This is realization. Time exists in your mind as a, as a memory or as a thought of the future. Outside of that, there is no time. So sometimes we think of meditation as something to calm us down or to, to get a break. But it's much more than that if we let it be. Meditation can be this moment of awakeness. Just being awake, completely committed to this moment, because after all, this is the moment you have. And when you really do commit to this moment, any idea of development, any idea of postponing your enlightenment into the future, it makes no sense whatsoever. It just won't fly.
we're talking about total commitment to this moment. However pleasant, however unpleasant, however neutral, stop. Awakeness only happens in this moment. It doesn't matter how enlightened you get, you're still going to have this moment to be awake or not. And then there's development. There is time. Of course there's time. You're a little more enlightened today than you were a week ago. You're going to be more enlightened a week from now. And there's a lot of evidence for development through time in a meditative sense. You can look around and see people who've been meditating for a long time or people who've had some kind of a realization uh, that stuck with them and deepened over time and you can hear the, the wisdom coming from them. You can sense something. Neuroscience knows about development through time. You can now see brain images from fMRI scans of meditators compared to controls, people who haven't meditated, and see that the brain functioning is different, significantly different in meditators. You can see different parts of the brain lighting up depending upon what's going on in the mind. There's a 2007 University of Toronto study using scans of fMRI scans of meditators and controls. And this research has been replicated since then. What they found is that there are two basic modes of operation of the brain. There's what they call experiential focus and what they call narrative focus. Experiential focus is when you're directly engaged in something that's going on right now. So whether that's typing an email or whether that's attending to the sensations and phenomena of the mind and body, as long as you're directly engaged in something that's going on right now, this is experiential focus. And a particular part of the brain lights up and can be seen on, this, on the fMRI scan. Narrative focus, on the other hand, lights up a different part of the brain. 
And narrative focus is something that we're all very familiar with. This is when you're telling yourself a story about your experience. Or you're telling yourself a story about an imaginary experience. There's a couple of really interesting things about this. For one thing, it tends to be a binary switch. In other words, you're either having experiential focus in any given moment, or you're in the narrative. If you, if you are in the narrative, it suspends your experience. It suspends your experiential focus, which means that you don't really notice what's going on around you because you're giving your attention to the narrative. And conversely, if you are in the experience, it suspends the narrative. So right now, if you listen carefully to the traffic sounds outside, see if you can follow the sound of one car as it goes by. Did you notice that the narrative was suspended? And did you notice that in that moment of suspending the narrative, you also suspended your worry and your fear and your doubt and anxiety and your suffering. Your suffering is highly dependent upon your narrative. Another interesting thing about this, human beings default to narrative focus. Evolution and natural selection have set you up this way. And as we know, natural selection is concerned with propagating genes. Nobody said anything about your happiness. So you're not evolved to be happy as an individual, you're evolved to propagate your genes. If you want to be happy, you're going to have to train your mind and change your brain so that narrative focus doesn't it doesn't happen as often and the less it happens the happier you're going to be there are some very good uses of narrative focus but we overuse it probably a hundred to one And we can see this on brain scans. You can see that an advanced meditator's brain, somebody that you might say is enlightened, their brain functioning at baseline looks more and more like the meditated brain of a newbie. So your baseline changes resulting in more and more experiential focus and, and higher levels of happiness and fulfillment. So this is development. Development through time to become happier, 
to get enlightened. So when I say enlightenment, this is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about coming to a place where you can be happy even when things in your life are not going well. I call this happiness independent of conditions. And how does this happen? Well, from the point of view of neuroscience, it happens because your brain changes. It operates differently. So we're taking the word enlightenment and giving it a, a, a particular definition. We're not talking about anything airy-fairy or mystical-schmistical. We're just talking about human development. And because of that, if you really understand this, this is very empowering. This means that enlightenment is accessible to everybody. It isn't just for other people. It's not just for gurus. It's not just for people in caves. It's not just for people in robes. It's for you because it's human development. And by the way, these brain scans that, that we're talking about that show this change are of ordinary people who just happen to have meditated enough and with the proper techniques to create these changes. It would be very wise, in my opinion, for everyone to think of enlightenment as a realistic goal. This is no baloney. This is something you can do. And if you do this, then you can be happier. And I want to say more functional, but I mean this in a particular way. You can function better in your relationships. And you can function better in your life. Not necessarily because it will help you become the, uh, the number one salesman in your department or the CEO of your company. That's another, that's another thing entirely. More functional because you're whatever you do in your life. And you don't have to quit your job. Whatever you do, you have this ability to be happy when things are going your way and when things are not going your way. Happiness independent of conditions. This is where enlightenment leads. So we have development and we have realization. Development through time and realization in this moment. Now what's the relationship with, between the two? They would seem to be at odds. Well, interestingly, the only way you're ever going to develop is by being present in this moment. So awakeness, moment by moment, is precisely what leads to development. And in this moment of awakeness, you're probably not obsessing about how you're going to be enlightened in the future. You're probably suspending your narrative, at least for a moment, by having an experiential focused moment. So every time you say to yourself, itching upon feeling an itch, or hearing upon hearing a sound, at least in the very moment of identifying that, you were free.
So if I can be free in a moment by saying hearing, by hearing and identifying it as hearing, or by seeing and identifying that there is seeing, if I can do that and be free in a moment, then I can do that and be free in the next moment. Feel the coolness on your skin. Look at the part of your mind that wants to make a story about this, that wants to tell a story about it rather than have the experience. This isn't because you're bad. This is because you were set up this way by evolution. But it doesn't have to stay this way. In one moment, in any moment, you can be free. Here we are. says, do not think that you have to do anything to remain stable in the awareness. What is he talking about, remaining stable in the awareness? Exactly what we're saying. Being present. And I'm saying, not only is he right, I'm also saying, do not think that enlightenment is for other people. Enlightenment is for you, and it will happen to the extent that you practice being aware moment by moment in this moment, which is the only one you have. <laughs> 